Freddy Krueger, Hellraiser, <laughs> Leatherface, Candyman, Pinata, Sasquatch. Sasquatch or Bigfoot or whatever the fuck he's going by because I, I where did those terminologies come from to describe this humanoid ape-like figure? When you think of when you think of great horror characters, horror icons, how could you not think of this suburban Sasquatch? Oh my god! Uh, let's just say, hundred percent grade A film galore. Terminator Travis, alongside my good friend Monoxide. It is February 9th, two thousand twenty-one. Two days removed from the Super Bowl. Tom Brady's wearing ring number seven. Uh, yeah, uh, I already ranted to you earlier about it, but I, I guess I'll just bring up the, uh, the notion that people still think that this fucking shit is rigged just because Tom Brady was able to somehow get his seventh ring. Listen, guys, you just gotta come to the realization that Maybe, just maybe, instead of the league rigging the whole entire sport and trying to make all these games as rigged as possible just so one man could win, how about you just come to the realization that maybe Tom Brady is just good and he has a good squad around him and he happened to beat three of the best quarterbacks in the lead up to the Super Bowl? Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and then the Super Bowl itself, Patrick Mahomes. I don't think this is going to be the uh, career-defining moment for Patrick Mahomes. I think he's he's got a lot left in the tank. He's very young. He's 25 years old. Dude's got a lot of left in him. It wasn't his fault. He did his best. The team just wasn't there for him. He had a bunch of backups. So it wasn't his fault. I don't think he deserves any blame at all for what happened. But, that being said, Tom Brady is just good. Let's just... You don't have to like him. You don't have to be his biggest fan. I'm a fan of his. He was in New England. And I'm still a fan of his. I rooted for Tampa Bay just because Tom Brady was in it. I've always been a fan of his. But, we gotta get over ourselves at this point. The dude is just good. Get over it. Is he the best? I think he is. But if you want to debate that, that's fine. But to even question the league and all that stuff, now it's it's getting silly. He doesn't have Bill Belichick. He doesn't have New England. He's just good. How about we just go with that? Uh, Some people just won't accept that. It's still not enough. It's rigged. It's fake news. Blah, blah, blah. Deflatable balls. He kisses his son. They use anything they can against him. Yeah. And all that was in New England, where everybody thought New England were cheaters. Okay, well, he's no longer with New England. He's no longer with Bill Belichick. And he's still winning Super Bowls at 43 years old. I'm sorry. The guy is good. I I, I will admit, this is a team sport. You need a team to be able to do it. And he has had teams. But that being said, there have been other people who have had teams a la Russell Wilson of the Seattle Seahawks. He had a dynasty team, or what looked to be a dynasty team. He took home a ring in the first year, but in the second, his team failed. 
I think that was more on them than on Tom Brady. I will say that was not Tom Brady's victory. He should thank his lucky stars that they screwed up on that. But that being said, he had an elite squad and he still only has one ring to his name. In the end, Tom Brady is just fucking good. And he's still good at 43 years old. If I was him, I I thought he should have retired after Super Bowl 51. I thought that was his career-defining moment, personally. But he kept going, and he decided, hey, I'll win one against the Rams. I'll compete against the Eagles. They failed in that. And then, it theoretics, I remember me and my coworker talking about this. Pretty much what Tom Brady did after he got uh, ransacked by Bill Belichick, he just basically said, hey, Buccaneers, you want to go to the Super Bowl this year? Okay, let's go. And that's what they did. And they won decisively. It's not even like they won. They won decisively. And again, it's because Patrick Mahomes had nobody helping him, unfortunately. But I believe that Patrick Mahomes will recover from this, hopefully. Uh, I'll look back on this comment about five years from now, see where it is, maybe 10 years from now, if I'm alive by then. Uh, So I'm hoping Patrick Mahomes can get through this. I think he's a good player, and he'll definitely... He'll definitely recover from this. Yeah. This was his first Super Bowl, right? Second. He won last year. That's right. That's right. That's right. He tried tried to do what Russell Wilson couldn't do, which was get the back-to-back. So, but with the Russell Wilson thing, they, they screwed up because of one play that most people will debate was that the right call i've heard some people say yeah they should have thrown it because they would have expected the 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 handoff to marshawn lynch and marshawn lynch ain't the most reliable but beast mode man beast mode you had fucking beast mode and you still didn't fucking okay but point is yeah i uh, patrick mahomes is young he won his first title at, what, what was it 23 24 Oh, wow. He's got a lot left in the tank. The dudes, he, he, he'll recover from this. I At least I believe. I mean, maybe he won't. I could be wrong. But I feel as though he, he'll make a recovery, personally. Well, there you have it. Tom Brady, ring number seven. I mean, good for him. I mean, for any Tom Brady haters out there, well, too bad. Yeah, just... Just get over that he's good. If if you hate that he's good, that's fine. I can live with that. But to say he's not good, you're now you're just like you're lying to yourself at this point. Hey, they say he's not good, but I guarantee you, if he was to be their QB for their football team, they would love him. They would worship uh, him. I guarantee that Tampa Bay fans before he got there were like, oh yeah, the cheating and you know, all this, that, and the other. Now they're probably fucking celebrating up the ass that their team just made it to the Super Bowl and won. Yeah, they're hanging their Tom Brady posters right now. <laughs> oh, boy. With that said, how the hell do we go? Well, you know what? We're going to continue the epicness, the greatness yeah, into gotcha. this film. Because since you loved Killer Pinata, I said, I got to show you this movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I love quality films. And what's not quality about a movie where a pinata kills. I'm sorry, that's quality filmmaking right there. So we transition from killer pinatas to Sasquatch. I'm pretty sure 
I'm pretty sure there were killer Bigfoot films in the past. I think The Legend of Boggy Creek was one of them. I know there was a movie called Harry the Hendersons with John Lithgow that came out in the 80s. It was like a comedy film, but... I came across this film. Uh, this is one of those... I think they recently... Um, those guys, Mystery Science Theater, they have their own show called Rift Tracks. It's just the same idea. They rip all these bad movies. And I wish I would have saw their version of this film because I would have laughed my ass off because this is definitely a film... That it's worth riffing, uh, worth uh, watching with a group of people, just to get everyone's reactions to everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I didn't know about this film until you introduced it to me, and uh, I decided to watch with the wife. Oh God! <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. A, a, so my wife's biggest complaint is that she says everything that. Everybody will say that sucks. You, Steven, you have to say it's great because you always got to be the contrarian thinker. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You're, you, you honestly believe that all my opinions aren't genuine? You don't think for one second that I think Slapjack is the greatest WWE superstar to come down the pike in the last 20 years? You think I'm lying? And I'm just being a dickhead about it? I watched this movie, and I think it's it's just quality up the gate, just pure quality, and and I don't see why anybody would think otherwise. The thing with this, what that this film has over Killer Pinata was that the director of this film, uh, Dave Westcavage, took this movie very serious. <laughs> yes, I'm like yes, I saw behind the scenes, and he's like. He was trying to like make add some social commentary to it, trying to add like a like a, a message about the environment, and and we'll we'll get to all that when the girls eat the hot dogs. <laughs> so hold up, does Dave Westcavage is he any in any way similar in personality to Tommy Wiseau? No, not even close, unfortunately. Oh, because that would explain why he took this film very seriously. But uh, Dave Westcavage is in the movie. He has a cameo. We'll, we'll, uh, he has a death scene, which is pretty great. But uh, this film came out in 2003. It's called Suburban Sasquatch. I, now, we're just talking about football. This is a rumor. I think it's all bullshit. The starring leading lady, our Native American actress, who has the last name of Sanchez. <laughs> Sue Lynn Sanchez. Uh, there was a rumor that she's apparently related to Mark Sanchez. Wait, the former quarterback for the Jets? Yeah. Okay. I, like, um, I, I don't buy that. <laughs> Sanchez is a very common last name, though. It's like a saying that somebody had the last name, I don't know, Williams or something. Or, or better yet, oh, his last name is Thomas. He must be related to Frank Thomas, the former White Sox player. Like, come on. The big hurt. Just because <laughs> they're like, come on, nah, nah, nah. Now we're just like reaching here in, in crazy territory. But I just looked this up. The budget for this film was more than Killer Pinata. Oh my God. $12,000. Really? I'm amazed. <laughs> well, because when you look at this film, all right, it was made in 2004. The uh, Killer Pinata was made in like 2015. But for Suburban Sasquatch, first of all, you did say that the guy was going to try and take this way more seriously. 
So he tried to add special effects to this film. We'll get to that. That, with the idea that this was 2004, where technology wasn't as particularly up there as it is now, where I'm not saying that anybody can make a movie, but it's much easier with the equipment that is easily available. It's kind of like with music, you know? Back when I was doing music, yes, I actually did music back in the day, but I did it back in like 2005. The avenues of where you could promote your music and the actual tools that you had were very scarce. As opposed to now, you got SoundCloud, um, you got better quality mics that you can get for like a hundred dollars at Best Buy. Well, you just didn't have that in 2005. All you had were fucking headsets that that you put on your head, like from a gaming uh, for, for gaming purposes. So this movie, oh my god, where do we even start with this? I'm just going to start from the beginning. Within the first five minutes, we're taken to this couple, driving in a car. They're supposed to be, they're heading towards a party. The girlfriend or the wife, whatever, is complaining that she doesn't want to go to this party. And then we get our first attack. Our first kill. And that's where I'm going to stop for now, because now we got to dive into this scene. For starters, we have a day-for-night effect. They obviously shot this at daytime, and then he tries to add, like, that night filter to give it that night feeling. I was was going to ask that. It just doesn't work. (laughs) Like, there were scenes where it was like, I'm wondering, is this supposed to be daytime or nighttime? I couldn't tell because it was just like the, the tinting was so, like, not right. I can't even what find is right work. about this movie? Well, the acting and the special oh. effects are absolutely marvelous. Like, come on. All right. That's problem number one, the day for night. Problem number two, when they're in the scenes and you see them driving, they're driving like seven miles per hour. <laughs> yeah, they were driving so really slow. fucking slow. Just so the camera guy could keep up with them. I mean... You know there are, like, techniques you could tape your camera to the car and film them while they're driving. You don't have to have them drive at six miles per hour just so you can walk next to them, just so you can film them talking. (laughs) I guess they didn't want it to look gorilla style. No pun intended. But (laughs) I I was just... The... 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 The actual deaths here. Yes. When he actually, like, rips somebody's arm off. Here's the running theme here. He'll rip somebody's limb off. Because apparently Sasquatch has the the strength of of Chuck Norris or something. But then they'll shoot a net, like, they'll shoot the body. And, of course, they obviously didn't have their limb really removed. But they do such a poor job of hiding their broken limb that you'll sometimes see, like, if somebody gets their leg ripped off, they'll try and, like, do it in a shot where you don't see their legs, but you'll still see their legs still fully intact. Meanwhile, you see the severed limb right next to them. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> okay. Which, by the way, Day West Cabbage makes very good use of those limbs because he uses them a lot in this movie. Every time they go for the kill, he shows, like, a shot... There's like an aerial shot, and you'll see an arm fly in the air. Or a leg. <laughs> Every time Sasquatch like, goes for like a, uh, throws like a scratch. 
So yes, they. All right, so I'll let you explain the exact kill here, but go ahead. How did he end the lives of these two innocent drivers? So first, he breaks the uh, CGI car window. (laughs) The editing to this film is atrocious because everything happened so fast. Like, you turn your head for one second and you can, like, miss a death scene. He rips both of the guy's arms off. The arms are flying in the air. <laughs> like boomerangs. And then he smushes the guy's head. He smushes his head like a watermelon. But the CGI, it, it's done so quick. But it was done so poorly that you just can't help but laugh at it. And then and then at the wife, I think she tried to run off with Sasquatch. I think scratched through the back and just, just killed her. And that what? is the first three minutes of this film. What I remember was the cop calling, for whatever reason, some random dude that is basically a news journalist. Like, why was this cop calling a news journalist to come to the scene? Speaking of the cop, I want to talk about the uniform. (laughs) Or lack thereof. Whatever this is supposed to be. He's obviously just wearing a collared shirt. With uh, you know, with a brown tie, and then they must have had a lot of brown duct tape lying around because they made good use of that duct tape and just put it all over the shirt to make it look like a cop. They're not wearing belt buckles. You can see the handcuffs. They're just um lo- latched onto the belt loop on his pants <laughs> and his gun. He's just gotta keep holding it in his hand at all times because he can't put it anywhere. <laughs> You always want to have your gun on you at all times. I mean, Bigfoot is running around. You may never know what you need to protect yourself. (laughs) But what I remember was that, yeah, you had the cop ask the journalist to come by just to show this crime scene. And then the other cop just basically says, fuck you, get out of here. (laughs) Thanks for coming. Yes. So then... Okay, so the next scene, if I remember correctly, involved a small child and the mother. There's one scene in particular that happens where the boy sees Sasquatch. He runs into the house to tell his mom that he just saw Sasquatch. And I shit you not, this is the absolute quote. The mother responds to the boy after the boy is just panicked and told the mother, I see a monster out there. She responds, monsters are like the boogeyman or your father. They're never there. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) This movie apparently was supposed to be taken very, very serial. And you insert scenes like that. And and the way the oh my and the way that shot where um the Sasquatch kills a mother he's like choking her you can obviously tell she's helping him kill her he's just like moving her head like his hands around his throat and her throat and they're just going back and forth with no effort at all it looks like they're playing with each other and then he just like smacks her across the face so it's to be like this vicious scene but you can obviously tell she's just standing there waiting for the slap. <laughs> And then he just drags her away, and that's how he kills the mother. But before the child scene happened, we got to probably my favorite death scene in the movie was the two fishermen. 
Oh yeah, they're they're hanging out fishing, and then here he comes, save the day. Sasquatch. By the way, the fisherman he ripped his gut out and shoved it to his mouth was the director, Davis Cabbage. There's his little cameo. <laughs> okay. He he goes up to his cabbage, rips his his intestines out, <laughs> and part is like, Dave, Dave. <laughs> and he shoves it in his mouth. Oh god. <laughs> it's he rips his arm off and he does his little yell <laughs> and throws the arm at the other guy and <laughs> he knocked him out. He must do that arm at him so hard. He knocked him out into the water and when he wakes up, he wakes up with his face first into the pond. So are you telling me that whole time he was passed out with his face in the water? Never drowned. Never drowned. And I, I noticed that with the men, he has this uncanny ability to be able to rip their limbs pretty easily. But for the women, all he could do is just like choke them. <laughs> choke them, give him a little bitch slap. <laughs> um, there was one point where I do remember that somebody caught a footprint of Bigfoot in leaves, apparently. Like, apparently, he has the capability of leaving footprints and leaves. <laughs> Great eye. <laughs> yeah. And and why... Maybe you can make heads or tails with this. But why is it that whenever Bigfoot ran the fuck away, he would, like, just vanish like a ghost? Like, he, he literally... He, it, they didn't show him completely running away. He would literally just evaporate. He would is, just he would just teleport, disappear, re reappear whenever he feels like it. The, the, the mystical, magical powers of of Sasquatch was never explained. Yeah, like like was there ever a point where like he was supposed to be supernatural that I'm unaware of? I, again, I got a Davis Cabbage. He took this very serious, so serious he forgot to explain that that's that story arc. I, I I think he forgot how to make quality films, but oh, I, what am I saying? This obviously he borrowed the, the camera from his grandmother. His grandmother? Is this just the quality of this film? I, I guess 2004, but it looks like he borrowed his grandmother's camcorder. And says, "Grandma, Mama has his back. Grandma has his back in a week. <laughs> I'm gonna go film a movie." <laughs> you know what's crazy is that we don't know what happens to the boy because after the boy saw the monster. He's never referred to again. No, the cop, the cop took him away, you know, and that was it. That was that was it for him. So there's no like resolution for him at all. And so, what's with this uh, Native American woman? And she, she had some sort of like uh, special uh, mission to to fight Bigfoot because it was part of her destiny. Yes, our uh, Mexican Native American uh, lead, uh, Sanchez. <laughs> uh, her her goal was to go after Bigfoot and put an end to this reigning monster once and for all. She's had enough. Her Italian father put her on this mission. Wait, she's Mexican and has an Italian father? Yeah, there was a scene where uh, she's like getting uh, advice from her father and he looks Italian. Yeah. <laughs> And they're both supposed to be Native American. Okay. 
the, the act about the acting in this film is atrocious. The journalist and the Native American are, are having conversations, and and keep in mind these conversations last forever, and it's ever like the dude comes off so fucking whiny that it's almost like as if I want him killed. I'm hoping he gets killed. Of course he doesn't. Of course he doesn't. And they're and and they're having these conversations. You could tell they probably just memorized twenty seconds before the West Cavage yelled action. Because they, they don't feel genuine at all. Nah, not at all. And and how many times did we see scenes where somebody's limbs were getting, like, ripped apart? It felt like it was too repetitive. I was going to say, like I said, uh, was Carrie made good use of those props. <laughs> yeah, like, he, he, it seemed like the only, like, kill that he could come up with was just somebody's limbs getting torn apart. And then using, like, this weird CGI. Oh, yeah! There's one point where a random guy... Keep in mind, this random guy, literally, he is not a big role in this film. He's looking for his dog. Oh, and yeah. And they have a dog that's running around and all of a sudden it matches up to Bigfoot. Usually movies, the dogs somehow get away or their deaths are not really that bad. Like if you watch Halloween one, uh, the dog dies, but uh, he just smothers him. There was a dog that died in Halloween five, but they didn't like that. That was an off screen death, I want to say. So you never really get to see it. And keep in mind, those were big dogs. This little dog here was like a small, like hound dog. Like a little small little thing that you could fit in the palm of your hands. Fucking Bigfoot took this dog and ripped it in half. <laughs> and I love the sound effect they gave to the dog. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. you, they were just downloading it on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, it sounded like some fifteen-year-old uh, tried to make this movie for their high school uh, class or the film class or something. Like. It, this film got way too ridiculous with the uh, the gore, or if you can even call it that, but the the gore that was so poorly made. I mean, granted, they only had twelve hundred dollars or twelve thousand dollars to really make anything worthwhile. <laughs> I don't it, know. It's funny that you said that because the evidence was there. There were scenes that they filmed at a high school that was supposed to be uh, this journalist's office. But you obviously tell it was just shot in some classroom because you can see them having football practice outside the window. <laughs> yeah. So, like the evidence was there. Oh, sorry. This was probably filmed by a bunch of kids. They're just having fun, making a little movie. All right, fine. But then you realize it was probably filmed by the school janitor. <laughs> probably, but ooh, who knows, man? This movie was just like. It was one after another just showing its true colors of what uh the bad filmmaking that it was uh, i i don't even know where to even go with this should we talk about the two girls in the car uh before we get to that there's another two girls we were taken to and that is the two lesbian girls i'm gonna assume they're gay and sasquatch does not approve of gay marriage <laughs> Uh, I guess not. I guess he's part of the uh, Westboro Baptist Church. <laughs> so these two girls, they're hiking in the woods, and of course Sasquatch goes for the attack. He attacks one of the girls, rips her leg off. <laughs> Just, I love these effects. 
the other girl makes a run for the car, and just the way it's edited and shot, like one scene she's not screaming, and then it cuts to another scene where she is screaming, and she's going quiet, it's like quiet, ah! Ah! and then Sasquatch catches up to her, uh, you can see, again, the, uh, the limbs are being shot in the air, so you get to that scene, okay, so Sasquatch rips her limbs off, and then it cuts to the next scene, her dead body's on the ground, and all her limbs are back intact! <laughs> but Sasquatch is such a monster, he not only does he rip the limbs off, he puts them back on, only to rip it off again! And then it shoots the, the later in the day, and then the whole body is gone, so you would assume that Sasquatch ate it, except the arm that he started with! Should we talk about Bigfoot's costume? Or the costume oh that he... <laughs> it looks... It looked like a freaking Halloween... Uh, like, like if you went to Party City and you were looking for a mascot outfit for a, a birthday party, this is what you would find. <laughs> this is what all they had left when everything else sold out. This, like, literally, this is something you would get off of Wish.com. It was... <laughs> Like, there's one part where the mask is, like, trying to go up and down like it's eating something. What about the noises that Bigfoot makes? Like, sounds like they got it off of a Fisher-Price tape recorder. What I'm trying to figure out is why he was so serious thinking that anybody that would watch the film would actually, like, be on the edge of their seats wondering what's going to happen with Bigfoot and, and and what he's going to do. Because just hearing the noises, him killing puppies and ripping limbs and all that, it's just gotten so outrageous to the point where I just, I just can't see anybody with half a brain actually being on the edge of their seat wondering what, like, how are the main protagonists going to survive this? There's a scene where it's, like, in the woods, and then they have the smoke coming up, and then they have Bigfoot coming, like, coming out of the smoke. Almost like a wrestling entrance. Mm -hmm. I want to know how the director pictured it in his head, because obviously, what he had in his head and the way it came out was not what he had in mind. I'm pretty sure in his head it came off way more dramatic than how it actually looked. Yeah. What, what, what I'm trying to fathom is how did Bigfoot have this little cave? Like, he's apparently got a little cave that has so much room in it. It's almost like SpongeBob's house. <laughs> where, like, all it is is a pineapple, but he's got, like, a library. He's got a kitchen. He's got an attic. He's got all these things. But from the outside, it looks so small. It's the same thing with Bigfoot's little cave. He's got all these things inside it. Like... I, I never pictured Bigfoot having a cave. He was just some random schmuck that's running around in the woods. Um, can we now talk about the two old w birds in the car? Yes. Yes, we can. This is. I know you've been <laughs> looking forward to this scene. All I remember uh, about this was that they're driving, they're looking around, and they call the cops as Bigfoot is surrounding them. And she's arguing with the cop, like, come get, get get over here, get over here, blah, 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 blah. It's the same cops that you've been seeing the whole time, the same two cops, a big fat one that just wants to keep this under wraps, 
and the other one that actually wants to bring the story to life, but the big fat one's being a fucking dickhead. Uh, so eventually they hang up the phone, and I remember the one woman said, and I quote, "What are my tax dollars good for?" <laughs> And I'm supposed to take this film serial. Super serial, as Al Gore from South Park would say. Well, the, she must not be paying enough tax dollars because these are the only two cops that are in this damn town. Pretty much. And the one wants to keep it under wraps. Yes, and it, it, well, there's a reason for that later with the fat cop. Right. Not only that, but I don't even think these two cops actually had cop cars. Oh, no, we're going to get to that scene, too. What a big one attack the cow car. Oh, my God. So we're taking, uh, they, we're, we're seeing shots of their car. They're driving around. They have a chandelier. They have shopping bags. So we're going to assume they just, they're coming home from shopping. And then we're showing a scene where this girl is eating, she's eating a hot dog. As she's eating the hot dog, it's cutting to Bigfoot eating human limbs. And it's, and it's going back and forth. Is there a message there? There, there were so many underlying quote-unquote messages they tried to send that just didn't transition or didn't make any blessed sense. Like, I'm still trying to figure out some of the messages in this film that was trying to uh, convey. Because the problem is, is that even after watching it on Saturday, all the scenes are just so fucking jumbled because they all are literally the same. It's just certain people or certain um extras i should say because they weren't like real important uh people in the film all of a sudden uh just get killed because bigfoot found them and wants to rip off their limbs yeah we gotta we gotta get in more death scenes the death scenes are nowhere near unique anymore <laughs> oh what are you talking about yeah, what am I talking about? You you know what? You're right. What the hell am I talking about? This is a classic film. So Bigfoot ends up attacking. By the way, I just I love like there's like nothing on a hot dog. It's just uh it's just a hot dog in a bun. No no condiments. Nothing. Hey, maybe she likes her hot dogs plain. Okay. Maybe it's high quality meat. I don't know. Maybe you don't want to spoil it by adding all the condiments. Are you going to complain that somebody's going to eat a pizza without any toppings? <laughs> it's it's high-quality pizza. Got to be a high-quality hot dog, yeah. So Bigfoot ends up attacking these two ladies. It, it, I, I love how when, when he's on, like, the, the rooftop attacking them through the sunroof, I, I can see the director just telling the two girls, just keep yelling. Say whatever, just yell and, and act scared. Because that's how it came off. Oh, my God! Oh, my God! Yeah, it was, uh, I, I, I can't even describe, like, any of these things. So, I'm assuming he killed the old, the driver lady. Because she ran out of the car, the truck, and I, and I think she just died from running. I don't know, we never saw her again. We don't see most of these people ever again. Like, like, okay, we're gonna talk about it in a bit, but there's no real conclusion with the cops. Not at all. No, in a way, we'll, we'll get to that, but uh, Sasquatch ends up taking one of these girls hostage for some reason. Never explained. We don't know why. Yeah. And then we get to the 
uh, my second favorite scene in this film, the cop car scene. Again, we're doing day for night, the day for night shot, and I love how <laughs> they use a filter. It's like a shade, but it's like it's more so like if your cars were tinted and you're looking outside from it. That's all it was, and it's supposed to represent night. I love, I love how he like, you know, how cops have like their big flashlight on the side of their window, and they want to turn yeah. it on. They see something. The guy supposedly turns it on, but he doesn't turn it on because <laughs> of the damn filter, so we can't see if it's actually on or not. But you can tell it's not on. And then he's on, he's on the phone with the fat cop because obviously all these murders are happening, so they're they're, they're keeping an eye out. And then Bigfoot goes to the attack, and a guy's telling the fat cop, Oh my god, he's coming up right at me! <laughs> I love how every time they're in the car, like, the director basically tells them, just just move around in the car so you act like, you know, the car, he's shaking the car. <laughs> this happened in the opening intro of the couple, and he did the same thing again with this cop. And then he cuts, as Sasquatch, this most powerful being, picks up the cop car he doesn't pick up the cop car he picks up a photo of the cop car that was yeah he picked up a photo of a cop car and it just looked like it was cropped out and then just thrown it's the same thing with like when he throws the limbs like sometimes when he rips off the limbs it looks like a cardboard cutout it's like can can you really blame them because they didn't really have james cameron money but they wanted to do, like, arm uh, limb ripping. Yes, I am going to blame, because if you can't do the scene, then don't do it! Well, they want to do it, but they had a budget. <laughs> you can't do it. There's something you do, and you don't. And yeah, you can tell that $12,000 really came into effect there with that picture. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I, oh, and, and the and, cop and, lived that was in the car, and then Bigfoot just disappeared. Keep in mind, one thing that we haven't been bringing up, the only thing that's been able to stop Bigfoot has been the uh, Native American girl's arrows. She's been shooting him, and blood, like, have you seen the blood, how it splurts out of him? Like, is it really blood, or is it, like, some sort of special effect? And then he just uh, runs away, but he evaporates, like we just mentioned. Yeah, it's like every other scene, uh, he has his little fight with this Native, this Mexican Native American girl. And she shoots arrows at him, and then he just disappears. There was a scene, there's a scene, uh, he throws like a CGI log, or was ready to throw a CGI log at her, and then she picks up her CGI axes, throws it at the CGI log, and I'm saying to myself, well, if shooting arrows is what hurts him, that's, that's, you know, why are you gonna throw axes at him? Just keep shooting the arrows. Because she seems yeah, yeah. to have plenty of arrows, she never runs out. The arrows, I guess the ammo of the arrows rejuvenates like in Halo. And then it goes back and forth with the scenes with the news reporter guy. His scenes are dreadful to watch. He's such a bland, boring... Have I mentioned the acting's terrible in this? No, you haven't. Please, let us know how you feel about the acting. It is so bad that Fat Cop gets a, gets a backstory. So after that famous car scene, the other cop goes to the fat cop since there's only two of them in this freaking town and tells him, you know, why didn't you come and help me or whatever? Like, what the hell's going on around here? Why are you keeping us on the hush-hush? And then the fat cop tells his backstory. Why he's keeping us on the hush-hush. 
Fat Cop had a wife at one point. They were living happily at their home when Sasquatch came for the attack. In a different town, by the way. In a completely different town. For whatever reason, Sasquatch didn't just kill his wife on the spot. He took her. And just the, it just the way this whole scene is shot. He just picked her up and the wife put in no effort to try to fight to fight out of it. She just like casually just sitting on his shoulder. She's like, help me, help me. You know what that reminded me of? You ever watch a wrestling match, or not even a wrestling match, but like a skit, let's just say. Okay, perfect example. When Brock Lesnar first came back to WWE, when he made his appearance at, uh, it was the Raw after WrestleMania Miami. I remember it was right after John Cena had called out The Rock so that he could say, you were the better man. And it said Brock Lesnar came out. But what I specifically remember out of that was that he came back and he asked uh, John Cena to shake his hand. And as John Cena went to shake his hand, the hands grab each other and then Brock just lifts him up to do the F5. You have to hold him like in a fireman's carry, like over your shoulders. And then you spin him and hit him. But what I remember the most was that Brock just stood there for a bit, taunted, and then did the move. And I'm like, why the fuck did John Cena not even fight to get out of it? Like, Brock's got him on his shoulders. He, it's not like he kicked him in the gut. He just grabbed him and put him on his shoulders, stood there for about 10 seconds, and then did the move with John Cena not even, like, fighting. It was the same thing here. It was like, why the fuck did you just sit there and allow... Bigfoot to grab you. I mean, anybody in that situation, whether they're going to get out or not, would be kicking and screaming. This woman here was just like, well, anything's better than this fucking fettle. So, Fat Cop goes up to Bigfoot, throws these weak-ass punches at his chest. Bigfoot just throws a weak-ass slap in response. Then he, then he goes get his shotgun, shoots it at a distance, realizes oh, maybe I should shoot up close. Goes up close and Bigfoot just slaps a gun out of his hand. And then just casually walks away with his wife. And then uh, that is his backstory. And then and then they just disappear. And keep in mind, that's the only backstory you're going to get. You're not going to get a backstory of where Bigfoot came from or how he came to be or anything like that. None of that. You, you All you get is a backstory of some random schmuck. So take it or leave it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then we're taking to our next death scene, which is at the uh, mechanic the mechanic shop. Uh-huh. Oh, God. <laughs> Go ahead. Just the way this was shot, um, the one guy, Bigfoot comes up from behind the, uh, one of the mechanics. And the way they have it shot, like, the camera's behind the guy, and then you can see, like, Bigfoot, like, growing ahead, like, standing, like, gigantically in front of him, and then he does this... Then that for like five seconds and then slaps the guy across the face and then he's like bleeding everywhere. And then he rips the mechanic's leg off that's doing the repairs in the cars. By the way, when he rips his leg off, you guys can tell like obviously he has his shoes and his socks on when the leg is being ripped off. But then when it cuts to Bigfoot drinking the blood from the leg, it's just the leg. The shoe is off, the sock is off. I guess he had time to take the shoes and the socks off then drink the blood out of the leg. <sighs> Yeah, 
And the way the blood splatters in this whole movie, it's just like, it's so unreal fucking listic. It's magical. But keep in mind, throughout this whole film, they're building this relationship between the Native American and the journalist. Oh, the journalist has to write a juicy story or he's going to get kicked off the paper. And he feels confident about this Bigfoot story. I couldn't care less about the Bigfoot story. All he cares about is just getting some sort of juicy story for this. Keep in mind, that story never gets resolved. No. They show, they show his boss like twice. One of which is when he sends the threat. Just give me a good story or you're fired. And then the other one is like, this is your last chance. And that's it. There's no other follow-up after that. You know, when you're making a great film, there comes a time you just gotta cut 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 out some scenes. You gotta trim it down. It, you know, these things happen. I guess it wasn't important enough. For some shit. I don't know. And then we get to another great death scene with these four hunters who heard about these killings going around. They want to take out. They want to go out their Bigfoot themselves. They, and the fat cop and the other cop are against it, but the hunters are gonna do what they want. And, they, and they're shooting the fuck out of Bigfoot. Boom, boom, boom. You hear all these gunshots going off, doing no effect on Bigfoot. <laughs> and, and keep in mind, there's no explanation of why Bigfoot is so fucking, like, infallible to, to anything. He's, he's immune to bullets, but to arrows, that's too much. <laughs> yeah, it's like... Nobody can explain this. Like, there's no backstory, nothing. He's just Bigfoot, and you're just supposed to put two and two together. You, the audience member, are supposed to put two and two together. <laughs> and then one of the guys throws a small-ass net on Bigfoot. And oh, yeah, the little smallest net that apparently was going to capture him, like, like that was going to do anything. <laughs> then when he's on the floor with the net, the small-ass net that's, like, crawling on him, you can hear him say, like, good job, boys. Yeehaw! Yeah! Yeah, remember uh, in Kung Pao, Enter the Fist, when uh, the Chosen One is trying to help Ling, and then all of a sudden a tiny net was thrown on his head, and Betty just brags about how he, uh, yeah, it, it was a clever, it was a net, and it's tiny. That's exactly what they did here. And then he just broke out of it and just killed him. Like nothing. <laughs> Rips one guy's head off, uh, slashes the throat of another guy, uh, oh, and another guy, the one, the reason this, I remember this scene so much, he rips uh, one guy's, both of his arms ripped off. It shows one shot where he's working on the arms in broad daylight, and then when the camera angle switches, it almost looks like it's nighttime. <laughs> Did it take them all day just to get this scene right? What I can't fathom is, like, why couldn't they just do the scenes at nighttime? Why did they have to do everything in the daytime? Because they can't see shit at night. So we gotta add that filter. Because Wes Garage has no idea how to do a night scene. How to brightly light a night scene. But, but Especially in the middle of a field like this. How, how are you gonna light that scene up? You couldn't, like, get a couple of lights to help you out? Like, there, there was no special flashlights. You had to add in this extra filter that just confuses the viewer on whether it's day or nighttime. Why well, do that? Well, he can't. He spent all the money on the CGI arrows. He couldn't raise up another $100 for lights? No. 
He had to use that means he had to borrow money from his grandmother. He already has a camera. What more does he need? <laughs> I guess he maxed out all his credit cards or his mother's credit cards. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> I don't know. Bigfoot, Bigfoot ends up stepping on the face on one of the hunters to conclude that scene. <laughs> <laughs> and then, obviously, uh, what you call it? Uh, how did this? We were talking about how they're trying to build this relationship between uh, the Native American and the journalist. And all it is is just like the, the Native America girl just has no emotions whatsoever. She All she can, she can do is talk about like her tribe and talk about her, her goals. And the journalist, all he can do is just whine, bitch, and complain. Because that's just all he's good for. And it's supposed to eventually end up with them being romantically linked together but it's so wretched to the point where i could anybody possibly care any less that these two actually get together it's like every time they were they were on screen together you're just oh you just hit the fast forward button explain to everybody how this movie ends so well i guess we kind of get two di- well we get two conclude two uh conclusions in a way with two different sets of characters the first scene was with the cops you would assume with the fat cop's backstory, maybe he's going to be the one that gets the final kill on uh, Bigfoot since he killed his wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, they end up going into this house. And the, again, the way this was shot was so fucking confusing. So I think hey, it was shot. You could tell it was shot at nighttime. Um, when they had their fight scene with the uh, Bigfoot, it was actually shot at night. The only reason they were able to get away with shooting it at night is because it was obviously filmed in someone's backyard. Someone's small backyard, and they have like a backyard light, and the light was bright enough to at least you can see what was going on. So uh, Bigfoot breaks into this uh, uh, into this house, and by the way, when he breaks the door, the door is CGI because <laughs> you can see the actual door, like the door is open, but then they CGI'd in the door to make it look like it was closed. So when Br- Bigfoot breaks the door open, the CGI door is broken, but you can still see the actual door on the side. They couldn't unscrew the door. <laughs> Just so it's... <laughs> you don't see that mistake. Oh my god. Uh, I, I, I'm at a point. Where, and keep in mind, that is how it ends. Like the the cops never get like a conclusive story. They don't team up with um. It's not even like they team up with the the journalist and all that and the the native american and try to get a resolution to their angle that's it no they had their fight in the backyard uh one of the cops i think they shoot like a propane tank there's a big cgi explosion and then they assume that bigfoot was dead and then they just basically walk off into the sunset or whatever and that was their that was that was it for them in the movie but they didn't notice that bigfoot basically (laughs) walked away or faded away or whatever the fuck yeah, and then the final scene, they break into, uh, what is it, the grandmother's house and one of the grandmothers' house. Uh, the journalist and the Native American, that is. Yes. And uh, how, how does this fucking shit happen? Because uh, she shot an arrow through uh, Bigfoot's heart. <laughs> the same way she's been trying to kill him all movie. The final blow right through his heart. 
and he basically i can't remember if he fades away or he drops or he's dead no no electricity came out of him that's right so wait <laughs> shot to his heart in the beginning to save us all the trouble she kept missing she hit the shoulder the leg all that blood squirted out but then he just faded away he kept getting away steve every time and how did she know that it was his heart that was going to stop this whole brigade? I don't know. It was never explained. I know. I think she was kidnapped at one point. She was locked in in, in uh, Bigfoot's garage. I was obviously not a cave. Yeah. <laughs> they had like a black bag in the background, make it look like all dark and like it was a cave. And for some reason, Bigfoot kept the Native American girl who's been trying to kill him all movie alive. Along with one of the shopping girls, who he also kept locked away for some reason, never explained. It's like it was like the Friday Thirteenth. Uh, Jason kept the girl locked in the in his basement somewhere, for some reason. For no reason. No, nope, no reason at all. Yeah, and then and he dies, and all of a sudden the Native American and the journalist they share a kiss, and that was that. That was that. He finally um, got the story, I think. A Native American girl is gonna native Mexican Native American girl is gonna go do whatever. And that's it. That is the end of the movie. That is Suburban Sasquatch. See, I gotta rewatch it because so many scenes are fucking jumbled and there were so many limbs being removed. <laughs> like no but there was no Bigfoot backstory. None of that. Just that he was in a different state at one time. And he just, for whatever reason, traveled to another state to wreak his horror. And he just happened to wreak the same exact state as the cop that moved out of the first state that Bigfoot was in. I got nothing. I have to ask you, what is your favorite death scene in this movie? Um... For me, I think I gotta give it to the the two fishermen. I just love that scene when he wears the guy's guts out and shoves it in his mouth. I'm gonna be frank with you. All these death scenes just seem to be the same to me. <laughs> that's that's the magic of this movie. <laughs> like I can't there even. There is no wrong answers. <laughs> the one where he rips that that individual's limb. I don't fucking know. It's all the same. <laughs> They're all the same. And they and again, never explained as to how Bigfoot got these powers. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, it would have if it would it, I mean I would have been more invested if they would have explained it. <laughs> what the hell were they gonna how are they gonna make sense out of all this? I'm just trying to make uh, sense of the suit. I don't know. Maybe uh, a big gorilla that was created by some sort of curse from years ago. I don't fucking know anything. Anything could have worked or sufficed. But no. We got this. Any final thoughts on Suburban Sasquatch? Greatest film ever. Five stars. It gets a five star rating from you. It has rewatch value because you said you're going to watch it again or you would watch it again. I'm definitely going to have to give it a second look and, and get back to you on what my favorite kill is. Maybe I'll do that in the next episode. It's, this is the ultimate guilty pleasure. I would put this over Kill Pinata, 
over for the fact that this film was not self-aware. At least the director wasn't. I don't know about I don't know about the actors. They probably knew what how bad this was going to be. I don't know. I don't know because at least with Suburban Sasquatch, like if you really wanted to, you probably could make a real uh, good movie involving Sasquatch. There you is that make a decent movie out of it. Yeah, you can definitely come up with an angle as to how Sasquatch kills and, and probably come up with something interesting. Whereas Killer Pinata, that's just like, you can't make this up. You Killer can't. Pinata. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but other, other than that, yes, this movie, like, oh, it was definitely entertaining for the amount of time I spent watching it. It's a 90 minute movie. Yes. It's a pretty it's a pretty long time for a film like this. Oh my god. This is what we do, folks. This is our lives. And that's going to do it here for this episode. For Monoxide, I am Terminator Travis, patreon.com slash Just Chillin' Network. For one dollar, you get access to this episode along with other great episodes. Uh, we still got plenty more episodes coming your way every week exclusively here on Patreon. Take care, guys.